Not today, Bubba. Go get him, Bubba. Love you. Not today, Bubba. Just Gordy, Gordy, can I bother you for a second? Well, folks, before I break into an obnoxiously loud all right, folks, to get this show started, let me just go ahead and remind you that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by Postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a bottle of wine after work, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. That's where Postmates come in. Now, promo code BROBIBLE. That's BROBIBLE. B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. No space. BROBIBLE. Get you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. That's promo code BROBIBLE for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days postmate that. Alright, folks! Coming to you Live, if you're a friend of the pod here on the Brilliant Dumb Show, you know that we do this here on the show Tuesday after Friday, Tuesday after Friday, Tuesday after Friday. You will also know that that is Grace Ibrahim behind the glass on the ones and twos. I'm Big Game Bob. We are quarantined up. Not a whole lot to do here around the house. Now, usually. Tuesdays you get your interview, Friday you get your regular scheduled program. We're doing things a little bit differently today because we have a very special guest here. A former friend of the pod, Forrest Galante of the Animal Planet joins us now for an interview to talk about Netflix's new hit show, Tiger King. Joe the Exotic Folks, for those of you who have not caught on to this show yet, get on it now. We discussed with a couple people from Bro Bible. We said, you know, we want to get Forrest on to talk about this with how big it is and how much this show is trending. Uh, What about for the people that haven't, you know, seen it yet? He looked at me and he goes, Robbie, not a whole lot of people haven't seen this yet. I'm telling you, I sat down. I did not take a break. It's seven episodes. It's a documentary about this redneck from Florida, just a gun-slinging, as insane and as big of a lunatic you could possibly imagine, who just so happens to own 25 tigers and his own zoo, that rivals off against another lunatic who holds and owns her own zoo with a bunch of tigers and all types of shit. It, it's it's one of the most wild documentaries I've ever seen. It's a hit right now. And we were lucky enough to bring Animal Planet's Forrest Galante in. If you don't know Forrest Galante, he's been on the show before. He had me and Joey Coldcuts over at his house. We went on a tour. He's got a bunch of animals. And he he's just... I, I swear to you, I cannot say enough about this guy. He's one of the, I I said it to him on the interview you're about to get, I I don't think I've had as much fun as I had with him recording the podcast when we went up to his house. He's truly just a blast. He's a fun time to be with. He has such a passion for what he does dealing with animals. Um, He is the host of the show Extinct or Alive on Animal Planet. He also was on the show Naked and Afraid, which he produced as well. 
If you don't know Naked and Afraid, they send people out for three weeks into some deserted island and they got to, you know, vent for themselves and they're literally naked throughout the whole thing and the whole thing's filmed for a show. He scored the best, they have like a rating for each survivor. He has the highest rating that that show has ever seen. This guy's a fucking beauty. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. We're going to bring him back in now. If you haven't seen Tiger King on Netflix, watch it now. For those of you who have, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview you're about to get. Here he is, Forrest Galante, Animal Planet, Big Game Bob, friend of the pod. Let's let this shit rip. We can get right rocking and rolling here. Yeah, man, whatever you need. You just you just tell me and we'll we'll do it. Beautiful. Hey, Forrest, by the way, I think I have to go claws up here for the interview. Oh, oh, what a call. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think oh you you got the claw? I I live by the claw, brother. I live oh, by the claw. Let's go hey, claws up, baby. Cheers to that, man. My guy. From one claw to another, Forrest. Cheers. <laughs> Good to have you on, baby. Always good. I just felt claw on my face when that opened, but totally worth it. You got more in the tank? Of course. <laughs> I got. All right, let's get this rocking and rolling here, folks. Bringing back on to the brilliantly dumb show, Animal Planet's very own host of hit show, Extinct or Alive. Forrest, you're anywhere and everywhere. Did we not have fun on that first episode? Oh man, it was it was great. It was absolutely so much fun, uh, Robbie. You guys hung out. You got you got your cage rattled by the snake. We hung out here in my office. It was it was a great time. And you know what? And like I told you before, what I was worried about because you were coming off. It was a couple days after you went on Joe Rogan. I was so worried about the difference of questions because he's such a smart guy. Yeah. And then me coming on, I can't even hold the one to two foot snake. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't try and force Joe to hold any snakes either. So you know, you, I think we're good about that. Up on that one. Yeah, you kind of guided the entire process too. What I like, Forrest. What is we're quarantine day seven now? For me, what day are we on that we got to stay quarantined? How long have you been in the house for? Well, I got kicked out of. So I was just on um, an expedition in Indonesia and I got evacuated from Indonesia and I've been home for six days now in total isolation. And what's a quarantine at the Galante household look like? What does that consist of? Uh, It's not too bad. You know, I've got some space here. So I get up, have some breakfast, go check on the animals. Um, I'll, uh, I'll work out some way or another, whether it's run up and down the hill or ride the Peloton or do some push-ups or something. And then, um, a lot of reading, a lot of research, um, a lot of keeping up with, you know, I, I, I deal with various scientists around the world a lot and co- collaborate with them and coordinate with them. So this has given me some like time to sit down and actually like respond to emails and right. get caught up on some of the, you know, I, I'm, I'm co-authoring some papers. So get caught up on some of our papers and yeah, it's not, it's not too bad. I don't love it, but it's not too terrible. For me. You think even Forrest, like the pigs and everything you got back there are like, wow, Forrest has really been around the house a lot lately. What's going on? No, I don't think so. They, they're, just, they're just happy that somebody's feeding them and out and about, whether it's me or anyone else. They don't care who it's coming they from. Don't care. Forrest, I asked you, 
the other day I DM'd you, and it it's sweeping the nation right now. And for the listeners out there, I kind of gave them a preview for who hasn't watched the show. I don't know why you haven't. It's fascinating. fascinating. What the fuck happened? Take me through you watching this new Tiger King Joe Exotic show on Netflix. What's going through your mind? It, it is a bonkers show. So first of all, the, the host that you see a little bit here and there, Eric Good, you see him kind of come on and off camera. He's, he's only there a very little bit. And one of the producers, James Liu, uh, James in particular is a really good buddy of mine. So I've known that they've been working on this for the last four or five years. So I've been getting little snippets, like, you know, things that you're maybe not supposed to hear um, from James over beers being like, man, pff, wait till you see this thing. And I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I work in TV. I, I get it. And my mind was blown. This is Did the you most... binge? Oh, I, I, I kid you not. James texted me, right? The guy I was telling about it, producer. Right. He texted me. He's like, Tiger King's out. You know, check it out if you like it. Give it some love on social. And I was like, cool, man. I'll, I'll check it out. I like finished my dinner. I think I was watching Family Guy or something. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll throw it on. I started it at 8 p.m. at night. I watched all seven hours straight. I did not stop. I literally went one after the next after the next, binge the entire series, could not stop watching it. It is so oh, gripping. It is the worst type of people I've ever seen in my life. The wildlife abuse, it's just. I mean, I would, I would literally, I swear to you, I would watch it. And if I went to sleep, the first thing I did in the morning before I even had breakfast was turn it on. Yeah, it's crazy. Which- so before you even got these clips from the producers, did you know who a Joe Exotic was or a Carol Baskin was before all of this? Uh, so sort of. Um, it's well known in my world. So I work in wildlife, right? I don't work in captive big cats and this this like weird South Florida, Oklahoma space. Stay away you know, from it. Yeah, that's not me. I've never known anything about it. That being said, some of the characters mentioned Joe, Carol, uh, Doc, some of these people, they're very well known in the animal world as, well, for lack of a better term, kind of being scumbags. Like they're known as, as you know, this is Jerry Springer in the wildlife realm. Like it's just crazy. crazy. Yeah. And uh, so, so my understanding was like, oh, you know, big cat people are kind of shady. Um, you know, they do weird things. They, they're, they're kind of cultish. But I didn't realize the extent to which it went on. I didn't realize there were murder scandals and all of the abuse that was taking place and the fact that these animals are euthanized and hidden and and like some of the just horrific stuff that came to light in Tiger King, I had no idea about. And with you being such a big animal activist and everything you do for the animal world, was it at times when you see these tigers in cages and other animals too, is it hard for you to watch Yeah, look, I'll tell you my honest feeling on it. I feel like most of those people probably started out with good intentions, right? Like they they probably genuinely loved animals when they started. That doesn't mean that they're qualified to keep big cats. That doesn't mean that they're certainly not, shouldn't be abusing them the way that they are. But I feel like, maybe this is me being naive. I feel like they started with good intentions. Like they just loved big cats and animals. And then the money, the greed, the power, the fame, all that took over. You know, for me to see these, all of because when you watch the show, right, it's not just big cats. You see chimpanzees, you see monkeys, you see a whole bunch of stuff. And you realize watching it that for the most part, and, and I will say this, I will define it's for the most part, because some of them seem like the enclosures were really quite nice. But for the most part, 
the way the creatures were treated were they were just a means for income, you know? And you see you see Joe Exotic scooping the tiger out with a stick from the mom as giving birth, the little cub and and some of these muddy tiny pens. There's one shot near one of the last episodes where there's like 30 or 40 tigers crammed into a single like funneling pen. And, you know, one of the rednecks in the background is going, we only got two pieces of meat for all 40 cats or whatever. And I'm just like, what is like, why are there 40 cats? Like, this is insane. You know what? To back off what you're saying, too, they even said, I don't know if it was the producer, whoever said that, that they think at first Joe Exotic, his heart was in the right place to start. And then as the money starts, they did. Yeah. And then they said, as it goes on. He, he completely loses sight of it and, and even the passion for it. It does it does appear that way in the film. And, and yeah, but I mean, the short of your question, to, to, to shortly answer your question, totally. I felt really bad for the animals involved. And, uh, you know, taking all of the, the Jerry Springer-esque redneck craziness out of it, I at the end of the day, I just care about the wildlife that's involved, and it seems like the wildlife is suffering, and it's suffering for for income and entertainment, and that's that's awful. And you, you can you can only hope that it kind of brings recognition around. I mean, with how many people are going to view this? It's Forrest. I, I'm watching this thing. I'm thinking of you the whole time. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, yeah. You know what I what I like about it is that. One, one, it's gripping and it's fascinating. Two, it's exposing light on a terrible problem and a, a, just a terrible industry in general. But I think, you know, for me, what's great is that, like, a company like Netflix is bringing wildlife con- conflict into mainstream media. You know, everybody's we're, – we're talking about it right now. Everybody's talking about it, right? right. And that's, that's important. Like, at a time like this where, where zoonotic diseases like corona are running rampant because of wildlife mistreatment – um, that's topical, you know, this Tiger King's topical, all these things that people I think brushed under the rug or didn't even know existed are topical and becoming mainstream. And I think that's really important for people like me to, to be like supportive of that and say, look, this is great guys. Like, here's what's going on. Here's the problem. You know, for people like myself who work with wildlife in, in the wild, in the field, it's, it's really nice to see that there's light being shed on the, on the dark places of the industry. And speaking even with the with the dark places, this Carol Baskins, who also has her own, you know, the zoo in her backyard, she's kind of in the show to start known as this, you know, activist and as if she's helping the animals. My question for you that I think a lot of people want to know, is she just as much to blame as Joe Exotic is? It doesn't seem like she's doing anything really different, No. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it you know, you're getting you're getting one side of the story, which is the filmmaker side of the story, right? But it it does, you know, it Carol Baskins supposedly stands for not having big cats in captivity, and yet she has them in captivity. So it's a bit it's a little bit bizarre in that aspect. Um she sort of starts out to me in the, in the in the entire uh series she starts out as kind of the heroine. And then you, yeah. as you dig deeper, you kind of realize she's perhaps just as bad. So it's, um, man, it's really complicated. It's really convoluted. It's hard to say who is right and who is wrong. You know, I support, I support the fact that we need captive species, right? We need them. Tigers are, are endangered and we're running out. I think Joe Exotic himself, and again, I'm clearly not a big pro Joe Exotic guy. 
He right. says, like, if the animals are disappearing, isn't it important that the breeders are here? Yes, but they're not doing it right. Do you know what I mean? There's a, they're there's not a very, going about it the right way. Yeah, and you have to juggle all these balls. It has to be done right. You have to have captive breeding to ensure the species uh, continues to exist. Um, you also, much more importantly, have to have wild spaces and, you know, um, conservation going on in the habitat that these animals are native to. So, you know, you have to juggle all of this. But to me, it just seems like none of the people that I saw in that film cared much about the conservation of the species whatsoever. They just cared about a paycheck and being famous and, uh, you know, their their weird little internal war. So it is it's it's bonkers it's one of the craziest things i've ever seen it, it is i you know i did a, a article about it just on the last documentary i've seen that really with that many different plot twists and everything about totally something different was making a murderer where this show it just has your mind your brain just running in circles i oh, mean I'm sure it does. but my my question like force when when you see these guys in the cage and whatnot you would think they're at even more risk with the tiger in there, but they don't seem to worry at all. Is it because they raised the tigers that the tigers know not to bite them or whatever? There's a couple scary close calls, but they almost seem comfortable in the in the cage. Well, look, these animals are definitely hand-raised by those keepers, by Joe and Doc and the guy from the drug guy from Miami and all these people, right? They're hand-raised by them, so these animals know them. But if uh, <laughs> if if uh, what are those two guys? Remember the two performers in um, in Vegas that had the tigers and lions, Siegfried and Roy. If Siegfried and Roy have taught us anything, it's no matter how much love, care, and attention you give a big apex predator they like these smash. animals, they're still an apex predator. They're still a wild animal. Just because it's an animal in a cage doesn't mean it's not a wild animal. And right. I think you see that. When Joe Exotic gets taken down, you know, one's trying to eat his foot and he's shooting at it and yes. stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, these are wild animals. Like, are tigers adorable? Yes, look at them. They're gorgeous. They're stunning. Like, I want to play with a tiger kitten. I think everybody that watches this wants to play with a tiger kitten. But, and this is an important but, right? These are wild animals and we shouldn't be playing with them. Doesn't mean I don't want to cuddle one. Like, I want a smooshy face and cuddle one like my puppy. They are cute, they are cute of course. They're cute as heck. Yeah. No doubt about it. Hold on, folks. Do not go anywhere just yet. I know I'm not going anywhere. Grace Ibrahim definitely isn't going anywhere either. We just have to interrupt this show to let you know that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you by. Postmates. Postmates does anything and everything, but Postmates doesn't just deliver your standard burgers and sushi. They make my life easier. You could send these guys to grocery stores. I've seen a couple at the Staples Center. If you like the Staples Center Cracker Jacks, send your Postmates delivery guide to Section 116 for some Cracker Jacks. They do everything, and now for a limited time... Postmates has given you listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days if you type in promo code BROBIBLE. One word, B-R-O-B-I-B-L-E. That's code BROBIBLE for $100 of free delivery credit. No minimum purchase. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. Moving on. But these are wild animals. And, uh, you know, Siegfried and Roy, Joe Exotic, all these people, the girl who lost her arm. Yeah. And how about her just amputating that thing and just moving right along? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
she, to me, she was a good example of someone who actually cared about the wildlife. Um, yeah, I agree. Even though she was stuck in a bad world. And, you know, it was interesting. She said in the show, I remember this distinctly, she said, if I stayed in the hospital, it would draw more attention, negative attention to the wildlife. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. So I selected to have my arm amputated and get back out there. And it was just, I, to me, I was just like, that is nuts, you know. But Unbelievable. And this is coming from someone who cares more about wildlife than anything else. But it just, she struck me as some, like, one of the uh, the lights of good in this kind of shadow of ugly. And uh, like you said, was just was just in a bad situation. You could tell her heart was in the right place, but she was just in a terrible environment. And, and I think education's a big part of that, you know? Taking right. Joe, Carol, Doc, all these people out of it, and just thinking... Do they have any education? You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean have they got, you know, degrees from Harvard. I mean, do they understand that what they're doing is actually wrong? Because I don't know the answer to that. You know, they might not. They might think that this is how these species deserve to be treated in order to save them. You know, maybe maybe the plight of the few for the good of the great or for the greater good. I, I don't know how these people think because I can't relate to it. But I think once you've connected with these animals, once you've seen a tiger in Nagarahole, India, running through there. And I'm not, you know, pretending by any stretch of the imagination that every redneck from Oklahoma can go on safari in India. But my point is, once you've connected with these things in the wild, it might take that kind of education or understanding to really realize that what you're doing is wrong. I don't know. It's hard for me to judge. And you know what? He's clearly was such a head case that I don't really think there's any way of really knowing what was going through this guy's head. You know what no. I mean? It's just, he's clearly just, there, there's no sanity whatsoever. Yeah, no, it's, 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 he's nuts. He's nuts. I what? mean, like, look, I don't want to start an enemy. I don't want death threats coming my way, but he is nuts. <laughs> you know? look, I don't think anybody can deny that. Whether you like him, I don't know how, but yeah. how can you deny that he's a nut? Yes. No, he totally is. They're, they're bizarre people. And for me, like, it's hard to take the human element out of it because that, that show is really about the human element. But again, it just comes down to the poor animals that are yeah. caught in the crosshairs. You know, when I watch Joe Exotic, I see someone who's willing to do anything for fame. That was what I saw from no the question. singing to the running for, for governor and president, you know, to the animals. It was it was the Joe show. It wasn't really a tiger show, if you know what I mean. Right. And I think that was the problem. That was the root of the problem. Forrest, let me let me dig in a little bit deeper here, because when it really when shit really hits the fan to me in this show is when Carol Baskin, again, who also is apparently this animal activist that has her zoo in the backyard, see the show, you gotta. Um, but when she's some think that she had had her husband murdered. Now the theory of her throwing him into the tiger's cage is one that's out there. Is it realistic to say that this lady could, whatever she did to her husband, put him in a tiger cage and they, there could be no evidence of him in there? There wouldn't be blood or anything? You know, if he were chopped up, yes. It is, it is absolutely Possible. plausible that he could have been fed to the tigers and every part of him could have been digested. It, it really is. That being said, it would have been very gruesome. If you throw a carcass in there, you don't get nothing, right? That takes an ecosystem. It takes it takes the tigers to kill it, and then the vultures to pick it clean, and then the hyenas to crunch through the bone. 
But if you act as a catalyst to be the vultures and the hyena and you chop it up into nice bite sizes, you know, you give you give these tigers the pizza pockets instead of the whole right. pie, they'll just pop them down for sure. And that's the end of the evidence. So like your little Totino's pizza rolls or whatnot. Yeah. So that theory isn't, of course, it's it's bizarre to even think about, but that theory isn't ludicrous. There's it, there. It could be true for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. Now, these tigers, okay, so when they finally get free near the end, can you now put them back into the wild? Or is there a yeah. certain process you cannot? For multiple reasons. So um, big cats have to they, – they have instinctual behavior and they have learned behavior, right? Learned behavior comes from their parents. These animals have no concept of how to survive in the wild. They don't know. They might have the instinct to kill a bird that comes into their habitat or something like that in the cage, but they absolutely do not know how to get put out into the wild, find and kill prey, mate with each other, you know, and keep keep the gene pool alive. That's number one. Number two is we don't know what kind of parasites, diseases, things like that, that these animals being kept in, in quarters like that could have acquired that they could then pass on to other animals in the wild. Tigers are not supposed to be kept in, in packs or herds or whatever that giant clump of tigers in Joe Exotic's cages are. You know, and when you put solitary predators like that into confinement socially together like that, you absolutely will cause diseases amongst the species. And that those diseases could be transmitted to the wild population. And would they so they just pretty much wouldn't even know how to adapt to wildlife at that point? Like, is it something you could rehabilitate or it, it's it's gone at that point? It's hard to say. I'm not, truly, I'm not a tiger expert and each species is is its own. Um, you know, could you teach a tiger to, to be wild? Yes, I believe you could. I think you could take it out there and it's a slow, lengthy process where they spend more and more time out in the wild until they don't come back one day as opposed to dumping them out there. But you're still talking about flying a bunch of tigers to Asia, right? You're not talking – these animals will never go into the wild. They're, no one is, is taking these tigers from North America, putting them on a cargo plane, and taking them to, to Asia. Um, and that's – it's delusional to think that that might happen because it just won't. You know, There are tiger breeding programs where tigers occur, and Oklahoma is not one of those places. Yeah. Um, so it's these animals are captive for life. And all those cute, cuddly kittens that you see being passed around for photos, those kittens will be captive. Those will grow into, if they're not murdered, as apparently some of them are, they will grow into adult captive tigers here in North America that will never see freedom. Then, And with that being said, then, for at like, you know, there, there's theory that they had, you know, killed some of the tigers. Why did they? Because it turns to the point where they can't be a show animal anymore. At what yeah, point well, did they decide to do that? And an adolescent of any species mammalian is rambunctious, right? When you were 13, I bet you were a damn nightmare. Uh, you got that right. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, if you're a 13 year old tiger, you're a nightmare with wolverine claws and giant fangs. Right. So. Um, what happens is when these animals get to a size where they're not completely manipulated, you, where you cannot completely manipulate them to hand them over for a cuddle and a pet and all that, um, they become rambunctious, right? And that's basically them in adolescence. Well, if you're breeding hundreds of baby tigers for cute, cuddly baby tiger pictures, but you don't want hundreds of adults, 
what happens when they get to that adolescent stage, that rambunctious stage where they're clawing and biting and they're not controllable because the cat weighs 150 pounds? Well, it's from what the documentary said, and to be honest, I don't quite doubt it, that's when they get euthanized um, because they've served their purpose of being the cute little picture animal. And that is absolutely awful and horrific to to breed these creatures for fucking Instagram photos and then put them down once they start reaching maturity is it's it is it is criminal you're almost i tell you i i was almost happy i I was happy to see joe exotic go to jail but quite frankly and this could be a hot take i i kind of wish carol baskin went to jail i i kind of wish they all do is it say safe to say that at some point they're all you know they're all at fault for this I feel like they're all living in the gray area of legality and ethicality, right? Like what what some of them may be doing may technically be legal. It may also not be. It's hard to say, but it's definitely not ethical. And to live in that gray area between legal and ethical, um, to me, it's really shitty. You know, you should do the right thing. Not Don't exploit wildlife for money. Like what, you know... I can understand being passionate about tigers and wanting to work with them and wanting to live with them. And maybe, you know, you have, it's a tough feedback loop because maybe you have to do some kind of tourism the way the place in Florida does in order to finance, um, you know, the rehabilitation or the reproduction programs. But at what point does it just become showmanship and income versus doing the right thing? And to me, Everybody I saw, maybe not the Miami guy, actually, the drug dealer guy, but everybody else I saw in that in that series seemed to just be doing it for for the finance. And to me, that's just it's awful. Speaking of that, even Miami drug guy, how that guy only got 12 years for the shit he was pulling. Apparently, he won some appeal. I don't know what judge let that guy off with all the shit. He was drug trafficking through snakes. Right. Yeah, no, that's it's it's bonkers. You know, he was an interesting case. Like I, Very. I don't side with anybody I saw in that film, and I want to be clear about that. But of everybody, the lesser of the evil seemed to be him. Like he was the only one that I felt, and maybe I'm alone in this feeling watching it, was like, oh, he's actually doing this because he just loves being around animals. Like he he wasn't letting people come in and see them. He had them in nice private pens. Obviously, he could afford that from his drug money, which is fucked in its own right. But it still seemed like he was doing it because he just loved being around animals. And and to that, I can sympathize with, you know, should they still be kept in cages in a property in a drug dealer's mansion in Miami? Of course not. But I could still sympathize with the fact that it seemed like he was a guy who had a shady past who was doing what he did because he absolutely loved being around wildlife. I could sympathize with that. The rest of them, I really couldn't sympathize with. Is is there anybody that you think has a tiger or these animals that is is doing it the right way? And are they doing it the right way because they have more space and aren't bringing people in? Oh, man, that's such a tough question, Robbie, because it's like, what is the right way? You know, yeah. the right way is for the animals to be out in the wild. Um, the necessity for captive breeding programs to keep the species population up is there, you know, and there's a right way to do it. I don't think that can exist in North America. And maybe this is, you know, this is where it's like, is this selfish of me to say this? Like this, maybe this should all be happening in India and Southeast Asia and, and not here, but then how, you know, we don't have the ability to oversee that. And why do they get the rights to do that over us? You know, it's just, it's so complicated. It's, 
well, I don't know what the right way to do it is, you know, and I think that's one of the problems and, and why there is this gray area that people are operating in, because who really knows what the right way is? We need the species to exist. They shouldn't be pets. Uh, we need to, to operate captive breeding programs in order to keep the species numbers up because their habitat and their, their wild numbers are dwindling, but it shouldn't be happening with rednecks in Oklahoma. So it's no. like, you know, I zoos are probably, and this is probably not going to be a popular opinion, and I'm sorry to people that get, get offended by it, but AZA accredited zoos, American Zoological Association accredited zoos, zoos that people have gone in, they've checked the facilities, they've said you have all the right vet staff, You've got a nice enclosure. There's BE, behavioral enrichment for the animals. There's a breeding facility. And the cubs go somewhere important, whether that's to diversify the gene pool at other, other zoos or back to their native habitat for reintroduction. That's the right way to do it, right? I don't think people, and I love pets. You know that. I've got all my rescues. But More I don't than think anybody I should, I've ever met. Right. And I don't, but I don't think I should own a tiger. Would I like to? On a personal level, have a tiger to play with? Of course. Like, that sounds awesome to have a tiger. Should I have a tiger in Santa Barbara, California, in a cage? No, I should not. That shouldn't be allowed. But then with that being said, what do you now do? And going back to the tigers that were freed, what what's what's the proper play for the tigers that were owned by Joe Exotic now that were living in these harsh conditions? How do you now – what's the play for those tigers now? Well – if I remember correctly, this, the series ended with um, that one like shady Vegas guy potentially building a new zoo and then having a falling out with his partner. Yeah, not a fan of him, by the way, either. Another yeah. freaking wackle. No, yeah, and seemed real like really willing to burn bridges and just be a bad person. But um, yeah, really shady. But you know, your your question is, what's the play for those animals? I don't know. You know, there's. I don't think a wildlife biologist like myself should ever say there's too many tigers because there really shouldn't be, but it almost seems like there's too many tigers. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do with a hundred big cats in a, in any facility? Like it just, it doesn't really make sense. It's not balanced. There's too many of them. There's not enough other things. It's not, it's, it's a privatized zoo, but then you, you cuddle them, you know, which is not good for the species. Pictures with them and, yeah, it's and like I want a picture with a tiger. Like they're they're amazing. You know what I mean? But and they the are time, they are cute. Yeah, but at the same time, you kind of support that. So you know, I think uh, I just think it boils down to education. Like people need to understand that this is wrong. If I was if I was not a biologist or or not someone that worked in wildlife or not educated or just a thirteen year old kid who wanted to go see a tiger. And I saw a billboard that said, come and cuddle a tiger for $15.99. You're taking that exit. Of course. And that comes down to a lack of education and understanding, right? You're taking that exit because, of course, you want to go cuddle a tiger. It's a freaking tiger. But it doesn't mean that it's good. You know what I mean? And that's why it's it's really complicated. Let me ask something for us. If you could actually go in there and and they they chose you from a more bizarre standpoint let's say they chose you to go help out these animals would you have any issue would you be able to go in one of those tiger cages lord knows i wouldn't but would you would you be able to go in there um i i wouldn't and it's not because of fear it's because those animals don't know me you know and you can't just go marching into a tiger's enclosure that you don't know the only reason Joe Exotic and the various keepers could do that is because those animals knew those people. So they do come accustomed to, to them? Sure. 
Yeah, for sure. There is imprinting that's taking place. And even though in some cases it seemed pretty abusive, those animals still knew their keepers enough to let them come in. If you and I, you or I walked into an adult tiger's habitat pen, We're there's told. a very, very, very high probability that you would just be killed or, or attacked or played with because they don't know you. You're a threat to their habitat versus a keeper who they socialize with daily or weekly, they know. It's kind of, to be honest, Force, it's kind of like your pigs and turkeys and all them. They didn't know what to do when they saw me. You walk through, yeah. it's just another day. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing, you know, animals definitely, even, even, you know, the term bird brain gets thrown around a lot, but even birds, they imprint on people. They know people. They know your smell, the sound of your voice, the way you move, your body language. And when a foreign presence comes in and invades that, it is threatening to them. Well, I tell you, and, and, you know, and you had mentioned it before that although as terrible as it is, I guess the one silver lining to it is now it brings attention, you know, throughout the U.S., throughout the world, Absolutely. you know, of people doing this. And if, if there's Absolutely. anybody that, uh, again, I'm watching this thing and I was thinking about you and just how oh, upset you had to be watching this, knowing your love for animals. I mean. Even with my knowledge base, and my love for animals, I found that really enlightening. I had no idea that it was that bad and the problem was that severe and there were people like that out there. I really didn't. I mean, we all know that there's animal abuse taking place every day. I had no idea it was taking place, you know, in our respective own backyards at that level. Forrest, I'm, I'm telling you and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it here. I, you probably think I say this to everybody. Me and Joey Coldcuts coming to your house that day was one of the most fun I've had on oh, the good. podcast. I mean, we just had an absolute ball and I'm so happy that you could come back on here. Claws up for Forrest. I'll go ahead and throw those up right there. Let me tell you something, Forrest. Anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. Oh, thanks, brother. I'd love to have you back sometime. We'll barbecue and uh, hang out and, you know, put some more snakes on your neck. Yeah, I was just going to say done deal. I take that back. <laughs> All right, Robbie. Thanks so much, brother. It's great to see you. Buddy. Take care, okay? See you, man. Well, folks, there he is. That's our boy, Forrest Galante, bringing that action. Uh, if you haven't, go go take a look at this guy on YouTube. Go take a look when he was on Joe Rogan. Uh, he gave some pretty incredible interviews. You could watch the video of our tour with him from about a month ago at his house in Santa Barbara on the YouTube we are back to our regular scheduled programming Tuesday. We're just going to have to kind of take these things that they come. As I said, we can't get into the studio. We'll bring in Galante, bring in other characters, take this sucker on the fly. little intro music for you folks there. Hope you enjoyed that. Been kind of dabbling with that a little bit. Um, but we will see you Tuesday, folks. Again, you know the drill. I'm Big Game Bob. Behind the glass, you're looking at Grace Ibrahim, we will see you in a couple days from now. Stay safe. Stay home. We'll see you next week, folks. Take care now.